Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of One Mic Night, the podcast that brings you stories of artists and people on their journey, helping to guide, answer questions, and motivate you in the business. You already know who I am. It's Marco Solis, and I want to thank everybody for joining me on this journey. And also, I want to thank everybody for wishing me a happy birthday. I, I couldn't get back to everybody on the Facebook page, but thank you so much for the birthday wishes. And as you know what I do, I celebrate all my friends on my birthday. So thank you all for wishing me good luck and, and love and everything. So now it's been a while since I dropped an episode, but my guest today is Faya. He is an actor. He's a singer. He's an all-around artist. And he goes by the name of Larry B. Carter II, a.k.a. Philly. We're going to talk to him. Welcome to the show, Larry. How you doing? Thank you. I am amazingly well. Thank you for having me. I appreciate taking out the time. I know uh, everybody's schedule is busy, but uh, I appreciate you giving busy. time. Your schedule is busy. You're the busy <laughs> one, and I'm, I'm so happy you could take some time out to talk to me. Listen, I have questions, questions, questions. The first question is, who is Larry B. Carter II? Today, Larry B. Carter II is um, excited uh open-minded and growing uh i feel mm. like i've changed daily depending on what's happening and how i'm feeling so i try to acknowledge my present self and not just uh stick to what i've done or what i plan to do but just be present i like that that's beautiful i guess the obvious question is where does that come from how did you start out or where did that sort of ideal come from that came from so i um, people might not know or they might know. I taught uh, elementary school for seven years. So uh, there was this uh, program called Conscious Discipline that it really focused on mindfulness mm -hmm. and being mindful, um, like when when interacting, when something happens, instead of thinking about this is happening to me, this is happening in front of me. I'm witnessing this thing. So it kind of takes you out of it. Um, so it just led me on a journey of uh a more awareness, being present in the moment and allowing for change to happen in my life. Because change is going to happen. Things are going to happen. But how you respond to it um, determines the outcome, if that makes sense. Absolutely. Yeah. Perspective is everything. And the way you look at things is, you know, it affects the way your life is. And you deal with things in gratitude. You deal with them in, you know, opposition based on the way you, you grow up. You know, of course. Yeah. Which is what I kind of want to know is how did how did you grow up and how did where did that come from? Because not well, everybody growing uh, up, especially men of color, we don't necessarily <laughs> look at things in that that way. So what was your what was your upbringing like? Um, I think that well, so I'll say this: um, I believe my parents did the best they could with what they had and what they knew at that time. So I always give grace. Um, with that, because the more I know, the more I change, and so do they. So I'm grateful for that. Um, my grandfather, my mother's father, was a Baptist a minister, so it was very structured growing up. But then my parents divorced when I was like in third grade, so I grew up. I'm a product of a single parent home. Um, so a lot of times, being the youngest and the only boy, I spent a lot of time alone. Um, in my childhood. So that allowed me to be creative and just imagine what I wanted my life to be like as an adult. Um, and I've been blessed enough with parents who support 
me and my endeavors and how I move in the world. And um, that kind of gave me space to feel like it's okay to change. It's okay to take what you need and leave what you don't. Mm, I like that. I like that. And I also like the fact that your your parent uh, gave you the opportunity to be creative because a lot of parents don't. And I don't know if it's a generational thing. Where did, where did you grow up? I grew up in Norfolk, Virginia, actually. Okay. Uh, yeah. And I remember I was like 10 and I told my mom I wanted to act, which is funny. <laughs> so she was like, okay, well, we'll do these these drama lessons and see what happens. So I mean this is see this is fantastic <laughs> because a lot of parents of parents of color don't do that. They they you know you grow up they want you to be a doctor or they kind of prod you towards being that because they want the best outcome for you. They don't necessarily allow that creativity unless they have been a creative themselves. So to have that at an early age of 10, that's that's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. I was very vocal about what I wanted. I actually wanted to, I was going to school to be an obstetrician. So like I, I finished high school a year early. I did all of these things, um, but then life happened. And um, like my sophomore year in college, I was 18 um, and I got shot in both of my legs. And so I couldn't walk. So I ended up having to drop out of school. Uh, my mom took off for like six months to like nurse me back to health and um it just changed my perspective on a lot of things and um needless to say I didn't go back to school to become a doctor right. but I did go I did finish my degree uh, but yeah so so all of those things it's like you have plans and then life happens and then you realize like this is an opportunity to explore and just allow the change to happen and be present that's interesting because it's usually the tragedies in our lives that make us you know, have introspection and they ultimately alter our lives because we we change the way we look at life and we appreciate life a lot more and differently, you know, and I'm sure that's so. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's amazing. And I have to share this with you too. I started out actually school as uh, in pre-med and switched wow. to the theater too. So, <laughs> and I come from a, a household where my grandfather was a famous gospel singer. So, you know, the church was always a part of my life as well. So that's interesting. I see. I see where parallels. you are. Mm -hmm, parallels. <laughs> um, so 10 years old, you knew you were, you know, thinking about arts. You're 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 a musician, singer and actor. And your parents allowed that. So where did that where did that take you? Where did that journey take you? Woo, it took me <laughs> yeah. so many different places. I think um, I always knew I was different like when I was younger. So it, it's just like everybody tried to push me into certain things. Like, you're so tall. Why don't you play basketball? Or why don't you do this? Or why don't you do that? And I was very uh, aware that like, that's not what I want for me. So I'm not going to do it. And like, that wasn't easy at times. And definitely it came with pushback and hurt feelings and all of those different things that come, but it's okay. I mean, like, it's okay. It happens. And I survived that and I moved past it. So, I mean, I, I always, always, when I talk about my story, I want to tell those parts that don't shine because those are the parts that people always gloss over. And right. people are like, man, how can I get to this point? Because I have this, this, this in a way. And it's like, you can do it. You, you just have to make that decision. Like, I am going to do this no matter what 
comes, this is my goal. So I'm going to deal with comes with my goal. And like uh, I think Beyonce said in one of her interviews when she did interviews um, <laughs> that attached to every dream is a nightmare. And it's true. It, it, everything that you want that is beautiful and lovely to every day, there's a night. So you have to be ready to to live through the night so you can see another day. No, that's right. That's right. <laughs> and the thing is, is like, where does this all come from? Because there has to be, like a lot of people talk about things like this, but you're actually living it. And how do we, you know, how do we all get to that point? We all hear people say, you know, we see the success, like you said, we see the success of these people and we think it's all roses, but it's not. Their ups and downs, you know, not necessarily, not only in the entertainment industry, but just life in general, you know, and we have to be strong enough to overcome these obstacles and, and move on, you know, but where does that yeah. come from for you? Where did you get this power? Was it during the time that you, you know, you were nursing yourself back to health or is it something that was always instilled in, in, in your upbringing? Uh, resiliency, like watching my mom work, mm -hmm. that taught me resiliency. Like my mom, after my parents divorced, like she worked like 12 and 16 hour days. So there were days where I would just see her come home from work and she would be up and gone back to work before I woke up the next day. And, and that type of sacrifice. So she made that type of sacrifice so that we could have a better life. And like, it's paying off now because she can see it in the, I have two older sisters um, and and each of us are successful, you know? Um, and, and that comes from us watching her like take the sacrifice for a greater good and the greater good was us. So now we're able to kind of uh, be masters of our own lives and make choices uh, based off of, you know, like the idea that, okay, if I want this thing, I'm gonna have to work for this thing. And then if this thing is not working and my hard work is not paying off, it's okay to say, I'm gonna do something else, you know, that I can see, I can see the benefit and the reward from. Um, it's not easy at all. Uh, I, I struggle with it daily and it's a, a, a it's like a work in progress. If I, that, I love sense. that you <laughs> said that. I love that you said that it's not easy. Nothing we do is easy. And if it was easy, I don't even know if we want it. Right. We need a challenge. <laughs> we need that challenge because once you get to where you need to be, or you're, you're all, you're working towards the goal that you want to have. That's when you feel this sense of accomplishment and the, the self accolade. You don't necessarily need the awards from anyone else. It's, you know, your goal and you're achieving your goal and you're heading in the direction and the alignment that you need. So, yeah, that's great. That's I fantastic. love that word alignment because that is so important. And I think in a daily, on a daily basis, we overlook alignment that is happening because that is almost like us, in my opinion, is a spiritual guide. Like if there is someone in your life that is constantly showing up and for for one reason or another, and you, you're not understanding why, it's like understanding that, okay, we have a purpose to do something together. You are going to support me and I'm going to support you in a way that we might not see today, but it's going to pay off down the road. And I think a lot of my relationships have been that way. Absolutely. I couldn't agree with you more, 100%. Let's talk about some of your, um, your music. 
<laughs> so you released some uh some music uh, a couple years ago and i'm sure recently as well but i don't even know where to start with this one what tell us tell us the names of your projects uh worthy uh was the latest release that i released uh, my birthday in 2020 um before that it was uh philly presents mr carter um that was more of a just like a breaking out of the image that everybody had of me. <laughs> what was what um, was the image they had of you? So when people see me, they I I don't know what they see, but they they <laughs> they see this uh, safe person. And when I say safe, I mean like how people saw Will Smith before he slapped Chris Rock, like mm. very like center of the road, you know almost to a, a fault of like this person not perfect but like presents perfectly you know like people try to say about Beyonce and everybody you know like Will Smith mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and all of these but these are people you know so I really had to try to uh deviate away from that in my own way to say like hey like I'm not just this guy that's out here advocating for gay rights or teaching kids i'm also a full man i have i'm a sexual being i have all gotcha. of these things that happen inside of me so because like people literally you know i mean i remember one okay, I, was at a, I was going to i was going to a strip club uh -huh. and someone like was like why what are you doing here it's like, what what are you doing here? Like that. <laughs> it's just, I'm doing the same thing here that you're doing here. Like, you know, so those type of things that that gave me a perception. Like this person that doesn't even know me assumes that like I'm at home reading my Bible right now instead of out having fun with my friends, you know. Right. So like the clean cut, middle of the road, you know, a guy next door type. Yes. Do people do people come to you with problems and they talk to you? They want to talk to you. <laughs> they ask for advice. Let me tell you exactly what, what's happening with you. You're a person of high vibration. That's why. When people come to you and they talk to you, ask you for advice, they feel secure. And they 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 when you walk into a room, people stop. Your vibration is high. That's what it is. So people are you're magnetic. <laughs> that's what it is thank you thank and just you. just accept that you have to accept that and i mean it's might be frustrating for you but that's what it is you're you have that magnetic appeal it's high vibration and people thank want you. to be around people of high vibration okay? i'm grateful i'm grateful i feel like that's a gift um, it is absolutely it's, it's is. a gift it can be a curse as well mm -hmm. <laughs> because yeah. people who are closest to you sometimes see all of you and they're just like why do people think you are so this or that yeah. and it's like it's not something that I'm doing it's just how I how they experience me and that's something I can't I wouldn't want to change because that's a part of who I am right and I think you know just based like what we just talked about people your outlook on life and the way you execute life that's what people want to have in their own life so mm. see it happening that's why they want to be around you is because mm. you're emanating that energy and people are attracted to that energy because we all want to have that same thing we want to have that outlook on life we want to have that gratitude but so we can't all have it and and that's the beautiful thing about it 
it is something that I am choosing. And that is, it's, it's not something that has been given to me. It's not something that it's, it's, it's the choice. Like there's been times where like, I believe I'll say, I, I believe in a short-term sacrifice for a long-term gain. And I'll say that over and over mm -hmm, because mm -hmm. that is what my life has been about. Like when you think about finishing a degree, you spend four years to get this degree and then this degree opens doors for you for the rest of your life. So it's like, these are things that happen in life. And if you're, you have to take the sacrifice to get the gain, the gain just doesn't come. Absolutely. And, and it's, it's not easy. No. Is, is, do you, do I want to stop some days? Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I make the choice to say, you know what? Yes, this person is being rude to me. Yes, this person is being a jerk to me. But you know what? I cannot let this 10 minutes ruin 23 hours and 50 minutes of that's, my day. That's right. Or, you know, 10 seconds. You know, if somebody steps on your shoe and they don't say, excuse me, and you flip out in a rage, what could happen next? You mm -hmm. know what I mean? So if you take the choice to just to step back, take a minute, and not react so quickly, you know, that has a huge effect on the outcome of a situation. And that's, that's really power. That um, is power. And, and people think that power is physical. It's not like, I don't have to hurt you. Like if you do something bad to me, I don't have to hurt you. I don't have to, because one, it's going to hurt you that I don't respond to what you think you're doing to control me because mm -hmm. you have no control here. Right. You have no, you have no domain over me. The only person we can control is ourselves. And by controlling ourselves and showing up in a certain way, you can have influence, but you can't have control. Right. That's right. And I think that's the basis of some of these, you know, Asian uh, religions like Buddhism, mm -hmm. you know, giving the power to someone else when it seems like you're giving them power, but in actuality, you have the power. You're being humble. You're being a little bit, you know, passive in the way you approach people, the way you talk, the way you look at things, but the power is all within you. So you're so much you're controlling so much. internally, you know, right. so, and that, that takes a lot because it it's easy lot. to curse somebody out because they made you mad. It's easy to do all of those things, it's not as easy to say, you know what, they probably have three kids at home that they're trying to take care of and they are having a really bad day. And this is just another inconvenience for them. And that is why they're behaving the way they are. That's right. Mm. So back to the music, though. <laughs> <laughs> yes. The first project you said was Mr. Carter and the way people were looking at were, you know, perception of who you were. Um, some of the music on there. Tell us about some of the music on there. Mr. Carter, so it, it is, um, so that album has like Love, Sex, and Marriage. It has Hood, Kama Sutra. Um, Hood, Kama Sutra? <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, bull. And so I took different things um, from my past, like Hood Kama Sutra, that was like actually a song I wrote many, many years ago. And um it just it just never landed right until and then I heard this like crazy I heard the track and it was crazy. And I was like, yeah. So like if you listen to it, it's like heavily layered with uh like harmonies, 
um, and vocal movement, just because it's just, it's like Kama Sutra comes from like the Middle East. So it has a Middle Eastern feel. Mm -hmm. um, I just want to do something different. Um, I think hashtag is on that project as well. So, um, and that was all about, <laughs> <laughs> again, it was almost like a, a sexual renaissance um, that project represented for me. I like that. I like that. Did you study voice or music or how did Actually, that all come about? I did like my my first year, um, I started at Norfolk State University and I did major in music. So uh, I took uh, voice. I, I was um, training vocally there, uh, but then I had always like sung when I was younger. Um, my aunt was a gospel singer. And so she's kind of taught me how to write songs when I was younger. So um even before college, I was performing, like in high school, I performed at the talent shows and different stuff like that. And that just kind of, um, I guess, propelled me a little bit more to be ready for that type of, um, again, alignment. All of those little incremental things happening over time prepared me uh, for these spaces that I'm occupying now. Beautiful. So worthy. I, let me tell you, I love that track. I've been playing it Thank over <laughs> and over and over again. How did that, how did that uh, LP come about? So Worthy is a very emotional project for me. It was during COVID was just starting. Um, and it was in June. I started recording in June after um, all of the unrest in the country. Um and it was just like, this is something I would want to give to the next generation of people coming up. Things I wish somebody would have told me, you know, where you, you, you're you worthy. You, you, everything you have, you deserve, you know, because um, there's, there's imposter syndrome and there's all of these things that people experience because the world tells them that you have to be this to be worthy of your dreams or you have to do this. And it's like, no, just being you and showing up makes you worthy. That's right. Absolutely. I got to say, you know, I've been listening to that whole, I don't know if it's not a, called an album, but the whole LP or, you know, and the words that you say in these songs, did you write the, did you write all the songs? Yes. Yeah, so um, Worthy, I co-wrote with um, one, one of my friends. We were all, so basically that project we would go in the studio for four hours. We would make the track, write the song, and record the song within the four-hour time frame. So it was really like a a really no holds bar. Let's see what we can punch out. And and it kind of whatever I was feeling on my heart, I would bring it in and be like, "This is what I'm feeling. This is what we're doing." And the producer would get busy doing the track, and then um, just kind of do it off the top so it was kind of like less oh. writing and more like interactive conversation of like oh this makes sense okay let's i'm gonna do this or i'm gonna do this or i'm gonna put this here um so that's how that came about and it was very very honest very naked and i say naked because emotionally i feel like uh i was more honest and vulnerable emotionally in this project about how I feel about things like um, dreams. That's one of my favorite songs too from the album because it's like, um, you know, my dream of being a father. And like at that time I was going through the surrogacy process and everything else. And it really represented like you are the dream, you know? And, and that goes out to people. It's like, 
it's not the achievement. You are the dream. And that's what it's all about. It's like there was a person, whether it was your grandparents, your mother, your father, that had you are their dream. You, like what you're doing, your success, you are someone's dream. And holding on to that uh, is empowering, I feel like. Beautiful. Oh, my God, man. This is what a... Ooh. Yeah, I didn't know we were going down the road today. <laughs> I wasn't, I'm not ready, but you're absolutely right. You are somebody's dream. And I never really thought about it that way. I mean, I understand, you know, you understand that you're some, you know, your parents had you and they want the best for you, but to consider yourself someone else's dream is powerful and what you're going to do with your life and, 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 you know, what legacy are you leaving behind, you know? Mm -hmm. And we, yeah. Wow. That's yeah, that's deep. That's very deep. Thank and that's followed by like uh frustration because we all go through that. So I wanted to definitely um marry the two together because that's a song I wrote when I was in my teens, actually, also. Um, and it's just like the hard times that I've seen. People you, you don't always see what a person goes through because you don't see it from the outside. So you right. would never think this person experienced this. So while you're like, oh, you're so lucky and you just have this and you have that. You don't see the sacrifice that came with all of that and the struggle they face daily to get out of bed. Um, I've had friends and known so many people who have, um, you know, successfully, um, you know, committed suicide. And I just think like having that mind shift of my, my presence here is important because I am a dream of someone, but I also have my own dreams that I can see come true. And I'm worthy of all of those dreams, no matter what my life is looking like right now, I'll find my tribe or I'll belong or I'll, those things will come in time. Um, so I just what, want to I love that. What's What's been the response you've gotten from, from that, from the album? Aside from mine, of course. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, that has been away, my yeah. most successful project. Actually, that project uh debuted like at number seven on the itunes charts which that was my first project to chart anywhere so that was uh, a huge success for me um but it also taught me that i don't necessarily have to fall into like um trends or fads or whatever's happening and i can be authentic to myself and what i'm feeling at the time and people will receive it beautiful wow well, congratulations on that project. I'm telling you, you, I listened to it over and over. And, um, you know, you got a fan on that that end and the music for sure. <laughs> Thank you. Let's, yeah, let's talk about some of your uh, acting projects. You're, you're uh, got a nice fan base, I'll tell you that. So I got to tell you, the reason why I know you is, you know, I follow you on social media, but you posted something, and this was a while ago, and you were talking about politics which is why mm -hmm. I followed you fast forward to finding out that you were actually a, an artist. I had no idea because <laughs> I was following you for the politics. So now only to find out you have an amazing career as an actor too. Tell, tell us about some of the projects.
working um, on? Right now, I'm working on about him, the season five, which is like really explosive. Um, this has been one of the projects that's challenged me the most. Because um, before, again, with my same image, I really didn't do like nudity or sexual scenes or whatever. Um, and there are some very racy <laughs> scenes in this series and more to come, like, because only nine episodes have come out so these last six but <laughs> I, yeah and i want to talk about those two in a minute so uh because i have questions but but um yeah <laughs> but i mean i took this part because it one it pushed me as an individual and as an actor to like explore different concepts and ideas to take on different identities um but also what we talked about earlier me being who i am i feel like um, people feel the way they feel about me. So whatever I'm doing, they are more accepting and they're more receptive. So um, being able to carry a message that might not be as easily received, but but being able to give that message and it be received well because it's from the messenger, mm -hmm. I'm willing to be that vessel. And I know that's a thing that you have to embrace and and be okay with doing um before like doing this i was uh love sex and marriage was a stage play so like we did a 25 city tour um and it was i played a singer a dl singer that ended up coming out and telling his truth and um like the largest members of the audience were african-american women and one women one woman came to me after the play and was like i wish i would have responded differently when my son came out Thank you. And really? so just being able to touch people and affect people with entertainment um, and it changed their heart. So it changes their lives. I think that uh, it's helpful because sometimes when it's so close, you can't see it. Um, but then when it's displayed in a movie or a play, you watch the ebbs and flows and, and how it can go left. You know, like how you can really your rejection of a person in your life could really take them down a road that you don't want to see them go down. So um, I feel blessed to be able to do this work. <laughs> I would have to agree with you. Now, I want to backtrack really quickly. You're talking okay. about this project and because um, you said a mouthful and it all <laughs> is valuable. Um, tell, tell us a little bit about what exactly this project is because I'm watching it, but I want in your words. About him is um, a series. Each each um, season is a different story. So this story is the other side. So this is the story of a bisexual African American man, uh, five friends who grew up together. Um, you know, did their whatever together, became men together, um, and now they're at crossroads because one of their friends leaves his wife and comes out as gay and um it puts them at odds with each other um and their lives because um it's like what happens from here so in my character lawrence he goes through this uh, self-discovery journey when he finds out his fiance cheated so she cheated on him and he broke up with her and now he's at a space where he's like discovering like who am i and what do I really like? What do I really want for myself? Mm. And I think that's what you see a lot of his confusion 
though he's a staple in his French friend group. So he's like holding other people together and do you like doing all of this fixing behind the scenes. Meanwhile, his own life needs fixing. Yes, absolutely. So now I want to um, talk about that a little more. The director's name is Henderson Maddox. Henderson Maddox. So, and he's also the writer. And I think there was one other writer along with him as well. Jermaine. Jermaine. Okay. I got to say, shout out to those two because <laughs> we, I'm going to include myself, we as artists, the best thing we can hope for is the words. The words in this series are powerful. It's very well written. The music that accompanies it, very well. Um, and then the acting, you guys bring the script to life and it it's challenging, it challenges, it questions, it discovery, like you said, it's, uh, you know, you learn a lot about yourself. You see people, you know, you, you know, other people see, like you said, their family members, and now they get a better understanding of what the challenges are for this life, you know, and um, it's really an incredible piece of work. Thank really you. incredible. Yeah. I, I feel blessed to be a part of the project. Everything you said, I underscore, like, it's an amazing cast. Everybody has such a great talent and, and the energy is so strong. It's like we're a family, you know? Um, so I'm always grateful to be in their presence, um, period. <laughs> right, what's what's that like like for you there? Let's talk about a little bit more of the techno part. What is it a safe place? Is it? Yes, definitely. Uh, it is, it is. And, and I, um, like Henderson and I have known each other probably since, 2012 2013 so we've known each other for a really long time now um like signal 23 was on was a youtube channel when we met so <laughs> so now to watch him build his brand this way and and the fact that he's such a great writer but he's also willing to take feedback so like when when we're in the moment and it's like well this this is good but I, i'm feeling it like this it's just like, do your thing, do what you do, you know, bring, do what you're going to do, you know, and, and that type of freedom with someone who's so established as he is, doesn't always happen. Um, so he's, he's really great to work with. Um, I, I laugh and joke, we have a, we laugh and joke a lot on set. So that makes it a lot easier for those tense moments. Cause there's some very intense scenes, um, throughout cause the emotion is like, off the charts from anger to sadness to depression to a sexual energy to like uh, uh, domestic abuse. So it's like all of these different topics are being woven in to this story with these characters. And it's like really an honest, beautiful depiction of life. I, I echo that whole entire thing and I encourage everyone and it's not for just DL people, obviously. It's for mm -hmm. everyone. Please take a look at this magnificent piece of work. And I hope that I could have Henderson on here to talk about it too. Um, how do you prepare for these roles? You're talking about how challenging it is as an actor. How do you prepare for some of these roles? What do you do? Like, do you know, you have the intimate scenes that are sexy. You have <laughs> high emotion where, you know, you have violence and anger. How do you prepare for some of these roles as an actor? Mentally, I go to those places in my life where I've had similar experiences or similar feelings, um, and I try to draw from real, real emotion, um, like 
to there's some parallels between me and Lawrence, but we're definitely different in a lot of ways. Um, so, but I just imagine like what it would feel like if I were in this space and that's kind of how I think about it. And I, I think about people I know who actually have experienced some of this stuff and just like how I've seen them show up in the world and how it's affected them. And like all of those things combined, it really, um, kind of gives me a, I guess, a, a, a immersion into the character. Okay. When you do the intimate, you know, I got to ask, <laughs> when you do the intimate scenes, how challenging is that for you as an actor and the person you're doing the scene with? Well, usually uh, with those scenes, I will get with the person before we even get there and kind of like, do a whole chemistry type of interaction so it's not like we're not showing up to set the first time meeting each other and having to like jump in bed and you know do these type of things like really uh building a foundation of a relationship and like hey so this is what what's in the scene how do you feel about this how do you feel about this is this okay like really making sure uh, that consent is a part of it and everybody's aware of what's happening Mm, yeah, exactly. Do you have any of your music on the soundtrack? Is any of your music on? Um, I think yes. Uh, I I, I don't I can't remember which episode, but he's added uh, some songs in that I've done uh, along the way. So it's uh it's like a mixture. So sometimes like I don't see the finished product until everybody sees the finished product because I um you know. I we record and then it goes to editing and all of those things are done and it's put together. So um, a lot of times we're filming out of sequence. So you don't really know how the final product is going to look until it's like done. How do you do you have a hard time memorizing lines? How are the lines for you? Because that's a lot of dialogue in there. It is a lot of dialogue. Yeah, it, is. Really? dialogue. <laughs> it, is. Yeah, it is. It is. I think doing stage plays really helped me uh build that uh that muscle um because I literally was in every scene of a play where I had changes and everything else so like I would I didn't have time to forget so like that that type of muscle memory stays with me so um but yeah we have like one scene can be like six pages of dialogue which is a lot that's a lot <laughs> any you have any tips on <clears throat> excuse me good memory and that's for myself <laughs> <laughs> i do it the hard way so i remember other people's <laughs> i remember oh, other people's lines so i know how i'm responding because like it's a lot of dialogue is conversational so it makes sense logically like this comes next this comes next so if you remember just your lines but the sequencing, so if somebody changed something up, I can kind of like, okay, you changed that line. This makes sense, but then I can pull us back to where you're supposed to be with what I say to get us back on track. Got you. If that yeah, makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. Makes a lot of sense. What's your what's your favorite thing about the series? And what's what message do you want people to get from it, from it all? My favorite part about my favorite thing about the series is uh this this season has a major role of black women 
and and how they influence and interact in men because i think a lot of times when you a lot of lgbtq content doesn't really have like straight black women as like wives they might be the friend or like the homie but it's it's never like these are wives these are mothers these are women everyday women that are in all of our lives so like uh erica uh, that plays my mother like the softness and and just like dealing with how she deals with lawrence it's it's just like I, I love to see it because I I love for people to see that like, hey, it's possible. And this could be an image that could influence uh, someone who might have a young one that might be gay or bisexual later. And it can influence the way they choose to respond to their child when they come out or whatever happens in their lives. Or they're more yeah. aware like, hey, I noticed this. Is everything OK? You know, just, you know, you can tell me anything right you know just being open in that way um i think sometimes when you have an example it's easier to be that so that's one of the one of the things i hope people take away from it is like to be more open and receptive to people who are different from you mm, i love that how important do you think you you are as a role model for <laughs> other people or do you even think about it I don't think of myself as a role model. Um, I will just say um, if if I do have influence, I always want it to be in a positive way. Um, so I pray that the things I do and the things I say and how I show up will impact people in a positive way. So that doesn't necessarily mean I have to, if I have if I'm a role model or not a role model, but if I can just impact, impact them in a positive way, that's what I want to do. I definitely think you're doing it. And uh, I definitely think this series is something to be watched by everyone. And I hope that everyone watching this podcast and listening to this podcast goes and checks it out because the performances are great. As I mentioned, the writing is incredible. The music is incredible. And it's something to uh, provoke thought and conversation like we're doing now. Um, I don't want to hold you up here much longer, but I do want to invite you back to the show again. And we yes. can talk about a lot more projects. What, um, first of all, how do we get in touch with you? How can we follow you? How can we learn more about what you're doing? Because you're doing a lot um, of incredible things. And thank you for that. <laughs> thank you. Yeah. Philly World, P-H-Y-L-L-E-W-O-R-L-D. And that's on Twitter. That's on Instagram. That is uh, my handle. I think it's even on Snapchat. Um, so I just use the same handle everywhere. So you can contact me there. Um, I don't necessarily have a website right now, um, but uh, those social media platforms are really like the outlet. Um, every Sunday, you can log on to Signal 23 and see um, about him. That's what I'm doing. Later this summer, we'll be on tour. So we'll be coming to a city near you. So look out for that starting in June. Uh, to promote the show it'll be the season finale uh tour so the season finale will be like a movie feature so and the cast members will come out and you can come out and watch it um in person uh so i i, I appreciate all your support i appreciate you um and everything you. you're doing um this is a gift to the community and i would love to come back thank you please do come back any any new music in the works before you go or what? Um, we'll see. 
<laughs> possibly possibly okay so we'll keep <laughs> we'll keep that on the radar everybody please check out philly world at philly world he's on all social media larry b carter the second philly music actor creator <laughs> bonafide star he's thank here with mike knight thank you all for watching this episode please make sure you follow me at marcos luis m-a-r-c-o-s-l-u-i-s follow the show at one mike knight one mike knight is streaming on the audio platforms check it out on spotify you can now watch it on spotify as well go to the youtube channel at one mike knight and also make sure you check me out coming up May 18th, the week of May 18th. I'll be at the Harlem International Film Festival for the second year. I'll be hosting and moderating all the film panels. Thank you to Harlem International Film Festival. Everybody check it out. Support young filmmakers, young filmmakers. We need it. Writers, actors, producers in the epicenter of Black culture, Harlem, USA. My name is Marcos Luis. This is one Mike Knight. Thank you. I'll see you next time. We're out.